Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is for all the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Today we have special guest Lyndon Porco here with us. For those of you who aren't familiar with him, he recently played Leprechaun in the film Leprechaun Returns, which is undoubtedly the best film in the Leprechaun series since the original. He's going to spill his guts to us in an exclusive interview. All that and more today on High on Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news rolled into one. it's time to get the screening room well we just got through episode three of slasher flesh and blood from shutter uh, and again drew and i don't talk about this really until we get on here and i thought this episode at first it kind of felt like a lit me up episode uh but then the second half of the episode uh shit happened shit did happen the 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 end of that episode is fucking grisly and by far probably my favorite thing that has happened and my favorite like kill that has happened on the show so far but hold on let's get back to something here dude last week i told you it was 10 minutes in the cheeks were clapping cheeks clapping like opening scene bro like i told you i this is like the Jorge Masvidal KO on Ben Askren. I don't know how it can get any quicker in any other episodes than this. Like, this seems to be... <laughs> I, I mean, it literally did start out with cheeks clapping. <laughs> it started with cheeks clapping, I told you. And I want to say, you brought up the point about Vince McMahon last week. And I gotta say, when Spencer, played by David Cronenberg, uh, when he goes into his son Seamus's room, and talks to him, it very much felt like that could have been a conversation Vince had with any of his kids about some decisions that they've made in their life. I'm telling you, I know immediately, I immediately thought of Vince McMahon when I saw the way that Cronenberg was carrying himself. But uh, let's 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 cut to the chase here. Here's the thing about this episode. We talked last week about how like this to, to say that this family is dysfunctional is like a compliment. Well, now they're even more dysfunctional, and nobody fucking trusts anybody due to all these murders that are going on. So shit is just wild right now. I actually forgot something I was going to mention until just now. I was going to say the mass killer. It possibly is in the running for one of the nicest people on the show at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if the deaths are mercy. Mercy kills at this point. I, is there a, is there a redeemable person? I mean, I guess we shouldn't get into specifics, but I, yeah, at I, this point, I mean, at this point, yeah, I think that they showed us what there is to like and dislike about everybody. But my problem is I'm finding everybody fucking dislikable, which is why I think like the kills are like are, are so badass because you really don't care, so you're just watching like, oh, you know, like the kills kills are nice. Uh, but going back to that, I would have to say the people I find myself liking and uh, this should probably come as no surprise to anyone, are the people that are being the dicks. I mean, <laughs> but the problem is everybody in the show is a dick. But it's just, you f they're just all assholes. There's different levels of dick. <laughs> <laughs> There's different levels of dick. That's what she said. <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, you know what's funny about you saying unlikable characters? Maybe it's because I'm a Cronenberg fan, but I would say that Spencer, Cronenberg's character, is probably my favorite character because he's a dick but at least he's like upfront about it all these other assholes in the family are fucking conniving bastards and cunts dude like and it's like that's just he was at least upfront about it he's a harsh businessman he's down to business everybody else is just untrustable as fuck yeah what and what did you think about the game this week i i still think last week's was more brutal but uh this one definitely didn't look like fun either no, I, I yeah, it, <laughs> this one actually more to me. I, I felt unlike the other ones. This one felt very saw to me. I don't know if you got that vibe at all. Yes, but yes. very saw too. <laughs> yes, I very much. That's you know another thing that I forgot till you just mentioned it. Uh, it did very much have a have a saw feel that it needed to be more about teamwork and 
some people miss that concept. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing, especially after the ending of the episode, uh, episode three. I'm really looking forward to see what happens in episode four because there's eight episodes in this season. So I'm just thinking, like, you know, how much crazier is it going to get? I mean, the the body count's already piling up. That, and I'll be honest, uh, if we do have a winner of these games, I. It's not obvious to me. I think they've done a great job with that. There's nobody really that I see in 100% think, oh, they're going to be the one that maybe survives if they do. Yeah. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to say something here. Uh, I'm not going to give nothing away, obviously, but I uh, I have a tendency due to watching so many movies that like, I can kind of put things together, and I'm starting to gather a theory of who I think the killer is. Now, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell the listeners. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just keeping this in the back of my mind, and uh, if it plays into you know fruition, I'll make sure that I bring it back up and say you know. But you know, but you know, it, without me saying saying details, I could just claim that whatever whoever the killer is, I could just pop on and be like, "Yep, that's what I predicted." <laughs> <laughs> that's what just went through my head. I was gonna say. So in the end, you could go back and be like, "Yep, that's who I meant." <laughs> no, no, I, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. But I, I, I'm thinking I know who it is, and if if I'm right, it's kind of crazy. But. Yeah, let's just uh, keep it on episode by episode basis. And besides, it's all it's all just my stupid ass theory anyway. So we'll see how it plays out. I also have a theory, but uh, we'll probably talk about this uh, off air. But yeah, I, I have a theory too. Uh, but I, I am interested to see how the rest of the season's going to play out. We have what five more episodes to go. Yeah, five more. Let's get to them. And uh, yeah, n- next week uh, on Monday, we'll let you know about uh, episode four. And then after that, we'll be halfway through the season. Cool, man. I'm ready to smoke. Let's get into Strain Wreck. And now it's time for Strain Wreck, the segment where John and I discuss the strain that we're getting wrecked on this episode. Today, we're smoking peanut butter wafers. It's so fucking good. John, smell this shit. Look at it. Alright, I got this bag here. It's got a lot of orange hairs on it. I, I, I see the peanut butter resemblance. It's kind of got that like dark like Reese's peanut butter cup color to mm-hmm. it. Yep. Let me smell this. Yeah, this shit, yeah, shit kind of smells like Old Spice. <laughs> what? I don't... Like, here, smell it. You don't think this smells like Old Spice a little bit? <laughs> no dude that's that earthy smell it's got that nutty and earthy smell it's not fucking old spice old, old spice earthy <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's got that nutty and earthy, earthy smell just like peanut butter breath uh maybe a bit stronger uh i mean i i kind of want a peanut butter cookie now <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're probably gonna fuck up a lot of shit after this episode i am high as shit uh, all right, uh, uh, yeah, peanut butter wafers has more of a backbone than uh, peanut butter breath. Uh, it's more, uh, it's a hybrid, just like peanut butter breath. Uh, so this is gonna last the fuck out. Uh, John, I'm gonna spark us up. What do you got going on this week in horror history, brother? This week in horror history. Well, today actually, the return of the living dead celebrates its 36th anniversary it was released on august 16th 1985 do you ever fantasize about being killed john you know how big of a fan of this fucking movie i am it's my favorite zombie film of all time it's my favorite zombie horror film of all time uh and you listeners out there uh to you listeners out there it was the first zombie uh the first zombie comedy uh the return of the living dead has a little bit of everything that you could want in a horror film a zombie film and a comedy Uh, i've been a fan since childhood and uh let me tell you this the movie ages like a fine wine uh absolutely one of my favorite horror films ever uh the first horror convention that i ever went to tom matthews and linnea quigley were the first people that i went up to before anyone else because just getting my return of the living dead poster autographed was just such a fucking bucket list moment for me that like those were the people that i zoned to to right away because i love that movie so fucking much um john you got anything you want to say about this movie or you want to save it for next week 
I I mean, I got stuff to say, but what do you mean, save it for next week? Uh, never mind. Move on. Let's move on. Never mind. Uh, okay. Um, well, I mean, the menu's actually still playing in the background right now. We just got done watching it before we recorded. it. Uh, Drew, I can see why you're such a fan of it. I love the designs of the zombie in the movie. Uh, the movie's just so ridiculous and over the top. Uh, the ending is very satisfying, though. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that's all I'm going to say about it for now. Okay. Um, so, why, so why should I save stuff for next week? Uh, you just, you just, uh, you're going to have to just trust me on this one. Uh, okay. I guess it's time to move on to Puff Puff Ask. Uh, my sister Tara actually texted me a question, so I'll lead with this one. Uh, Tara asks, are there any classic horror films that you and John feel deserve a proper remake? Um, <laughs> that question is fucking hard. I texted John that uh, as soon as it was sent to me, and I knew that had to be one on this episode because immediately we started racking our brains, right, John? Oh, for sure. Um, and I feel like it's... I, at least on my list, have a remake uh, that's already been remade, but I still think they should redo it. <laughs> well, yeah, that question is hard. Like I said, um, uh, it's a lot to think about, but off the top of my head, I, I think that uh, Salem's Lot deserves a remake. I love uh, the original TV film with Barlow, and he looks scary as shit. He looks like Nosferatu. Um, but I think that uh, that deserves a remake because it's... You know, it's nothing like the book. The book is actually like a much more Dracula-esque character with black hair and a cape and a medallion and a white shirt and shit. And in the the movie, he was just more of like a, you know, just like a bald, scary vampire. So I think that deserves more of a faithful adaptation. And I think that uh, Maniac Cop would be good for a remake because uh, it's even more relevant today than it was back then when it came out in 1988. And I've heard this and that about a remake uh, back and forth over the last couple of years, but nothing concrete lately. Uh, I love Maniac Cop. Uh, it's a great film by William Lustig. I love that movie. Uh, the effects and social commentary could use a proper update, though, if I'm being honest, and if it was done right. And uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Juan Picur Simone's Pieces. That's a brutal movie, as is. But... Uh, if it was taken a bit more seriously as a modern film, it'd be very disturbing, kind of like with Maniac. You could take a gritty, nasty movie and make it a gritty, nasty movie that's poignant. True. Uh, I, I know for my list, um, I have Black Christmas. I know there was an 05 one and the most recent one, but none of them are remakes of the original Black Christmas. And the new one, a lot of people say I don't like it for politics, Nicole, but it. It's not it's not even close to the original story. It's just it's it's, it's a completely different movie. I I know you I don't think you've seen it, right, Drew? I got about 20 minutes into it and just saw what it was. I, I honestly I just, you know, I'm I'm just not a fan of the direction it was going in. It was obviously, you know, trying to make more of a uh, political and political and gender statement than than just be a fun slasher movie and i'm just tired of all the agendas being pushed on everybody honestly and even even with that that would have been fine if it was its own movie and called something else and not called black christmas Correct. it has Correct. literally nothing to do with the original black christmas <laughs> it's not even the same the original black christmas if if you haven't seen it's closer to it's a typical slasher movie. It's it came before Halloween, but it's it's similar to Halloween in a lot of respects. And this movie was nothing like it. Uh, 05 was more of like a backstory, but if I, you could properly redo Black Christmas, I feel like you could def the, the the cinematography could definitely be improved from the original. And I feel like you could make a solid movie if, for what it is. But I don't know why every time they attempt it, it's just something completely different. Yeah, especially if they, uh, even if they updated it, you know, like not even trying to do like a throwback type of movie. If they updated it and did like the Black Christmas the way it was then, 
now with some random dude fucking in some sorority house killing these women off these girls off for no reason hiding out in the house if that were done right that could be really fucking creepy especially using you know modern technology you know like we have cell phones and stuff that could be a really clever story like of a way of how how to go around that how to have this billy character living in the house and stalking these women and doing these and getting around doing that in modern day i think that would be a great story instead you have everybody just saying let's use the fucking title because it's a popular movie and then doing whatever the fuck they want with the story like you said this new one i i told you i, I can't really talk too much about it because i gave up on it i'm not going to be a hypocrite and trash it but what i saw i did not like in the 2005 one they got a lot right believe it or not but they just went too fucking weird with it like it just it just went really fucking weird yeah, uh, I could keep talking about that, but I'll move on to my other one. And uh, here we are talking about Italian horror again. Uh, 1960 Italian Gothic horror, Black Sunday. If you're not familiar with it, it's uh, loosely based on the short story Vi, and it takes place in Moldova. And it tells the story of a witch who was put to death by her brother, only to return centuries later to seek revenge upon his descendants. Um, it's it's a precursor almost to the spaghetti westerns and giallo. Uh, it didn't do well originally in Italy. It did well in here in France. Um, and like I said, I I'm not familiar with any remakes of this, and I feel like it could be well done. Hopefully, it's not like the Suspiria remake. <laughs> yeah, man, I love I love Mario Bava's work too. He's I'm, I'm a big fan of his. You know, uh, A Bay of Blood, Hatcher for the Honeymoon, Shock. Um, five dollars for an august moon he's done so many good fucking movies you know like so uh, I, I think you know that as long as somebody's willing to step into their shoes and fill in the cinematography and you know the uh the framework and, and and the pacing of the way he was able to do his movies i think you know that really a lot of his movies could be remade and done well if the person if the if the person remaking it put as much effort into it as he did mm -hmm. and and uh getting to our uh second question here Tom from Lake City, Tennessee wants to know if there's any modern horror films that disturbed us enough to make us look away from the screen or stop the movie. Um, I don't think there's anything that's made me stop the movie that's not me bragging that I can handle stuff, but uh, one that did fuck with me is uh, when we were over your father-in-law's house, uh, was this about five, six years ago? Mm -hmm. I uh, watched Sinister. I don't know if the surround sound added to yeah, it. Yeah, they had but just put that new surround sound system in. Yeah, that uh, that that was creepy as shit, and it it's still it's still creepy. Um, that's really I think about the only one off the top of my head I can really think of. Um, The Conjuring one and two had some pretty good jump scares, and uh, some and ones that even weren't jump scares, ones that were just just lasting scares that make you think after the movie was over. I got a little creeped out uh, a couple of times from the both Conjuring from both Conjuring films, the first two, but uh, nothing that really made me like look away, so to speak. Um, but I will say that the one film in recent memory that when that question comes up about like, is there a movie that you can't watch or look away from? It's always August Underground's Mortal. Uh, that movie is fucking horrid. Um, like it was filmed in very low budget quality to look, you know, like a snuff film. And believe me, they fucking succeeded. Uh, it's, it's, you know, like, uh, just these three people just go around just randomly killing people or throwing up on people cutting them open and fucking their guts you know like uh, uh you know just it's Ugh. just it's just yeah it's just like really bad it's 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 done in such a realistic way that it's just uncomfortable to watch like there's you know look here i'm gonna say it okay there's movies like a serbian film where like you know there's still a level of enjoyability to it despite how hardcore it is and fucked up it is there is still a level of enjoyability to it because you know it's a movie you know even if you're disturbed by it it's a fucking movie that's the point you know and you have all these people out there that are like you know oh you know you're a pedophile if you like a serbian film and you know let's know the fuck you're not the movie does not support pedophilia it shows you what a horrid what a horrid and disgusting and despicable fucking thing it is and people can still find enjoyment in that movie because it is just that it is a movie and it is not promoting anything disgusting it shows it but it is not fucking promoting it but then there's films like mortal that they do not come off like a movie at all there's no entertainment value there's no production quality it just looks like you're watching this shit actually happening and it is just very unsettling i've never watched it again it's the only film of the movies like that like necromantic and a serbian film and solo it's the only movie that i've never re-watched after it's disturbed me it was too much for me 
Uh, it's funny. I was going to bring up a Serbian film. I was going to say that was rough the first time around watching mm-hmm. watching a Serbian film. Um, but yeah, hold on. So going back though, going back to Tara's question, I just want to say one thing here before we move on. Um, leave eyes without a face the fuck alone. Do not touch that movie. George's George's Franco's eyes without a face has yet to be fucked with with either a remake or prequels or sequels and it better stay that way that's my favorite black and white movie of all time and it's perfect so do not fucking remake that movie that is one movie that i do not want to see get remade um but i I thought real quick john before we move on let's do something fun i'm going to shoot off a couple movies to you and you tell me if you think that uh they should be remade or not and if you have anything you know that you want to shoot back at me let's just see how this goes okay all right let's do it all right so look uh Prom Night, Halloween, Amityville Horror, Black Christmas, as you mentioned, Poltergeist, all of these, April Fool's Day, Carnival of Souls, Nightmare on Elm Street, these are all terrible fucking remakes. So let's name off some movies that uh, haven't been remade, and let's see if you think they do that uh, they would be good to remake. Uh, they Live. Uh, I want to say yes, but I feel like they wouldn't do it, right? So I'm going to say no. I feel like it's definitely a movie that could be remade, but... I don't think they would do it, right? I don't think it would have the balls it needed to have to, in today's day and age to, to pull it off. I agree. Uh, I got one for you. Uh, Reanimator. That one's tough because it's like, I, it's so perfect the way it is, but it was such a small budget, you know, like they made it work, but like with a big budget and better effects, you got to think that no i can't do it i can't i was trying to talk myself into it no i can't do it can't no don't remake it don't do it i i i would lean towards yes you're, you're gonna you're gonna say yeah. you remake it uh for all those reasons i feel like a better a bigger budget would, would make it amazing but no barbara crampton man or jeffrey combs that's fair all right well what about uh what about Night of the Creeps with Tom Atkins? Can we have a Night of the Creeps remake without a Tom Atkins character? Or, or I mean, uh, there could be a Tom Atkins character, but without Tom Atkins, would it work? No. <laughs> Tom Atkins fucks. <laughs> Indeed he does. <laughs> it's the mustache, man. Uh, you got one for me? Sleepaway Camp. I, 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 yeah, um, a lot of those kills are off screen, like the bill, the, uh, the B kill and everything. I can see that being remade. Uh, that would be a great, like, summer slasher. Uh, I think as long as they don't go, like, as long as they didn't go, like, Fear Street with it and kind of, like, teen it up and prep it up and kind of take it as a serious slasher film, make it a little realistic, maybe even do, like, actual, like, younger kids to make it, you know. But, uh, the ending, I don't know how it's going to go over in today's, uh, with today's audiences. I mean, I think they might have to do a little bit tweaking, you know. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah that's true the ending could be problematic um i would i would say yeah i kind of put it in when like people were upset when they remade jason but not when they remade halloween and i was the opposite on that i'm like halloween's perfect jason's just jason you could remake that and i don't feel like you're gonna mess up the mythology it's so the whole story itself doesn't make a whole lot of sense so i was okay with it and it's weird that the Hatred was opposite for those movies. I agree. I like Friday the 13th a lot more, too. Um, What about Nightbreed? No. I agree. No. Clive Barker masterpiece. Leave it alone. How about Chud? Okay. I <laughs> I used to love Chud. Uh, and I had it on Blu-ray. I had an Aero Video Blu-ray. It was very nice. And I actually gave it to my friend Ryan because I watched Joe Bob host Chud on the last drive in on Shudder and he just fucking picked that movie apart and literally talked me out of liking the fucking movie so I was like hey, you know what this movie fucking sucks so yeah remake it dude <laughs> I agree I love Chud too it was another movie I watched with my dad and then same thing I watched the last drive in and I was like damn Joe Bob's making a lot of solid points so yeah I'm gonna go yes on that one and uh, he- here's another one: Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Uh, um, I love that movie so much. It's really hard for me to say yes to a remake. I guess I- I'm not going to say there aren't are things about it that couldn't be done better. I think it would have my blessing if it had a- the proper director and writer and people behind it. That's my best answer. Yeah, it's always hard to replace Donald Pleasance in anything. Uh, but I feel like the story works just as well in today's time as it did back then. Um, 
but it's I feel like it's always hard to try to remake a Carpenter movie. I would, as much as I think a remake could be be good, I would say no. Well, speaking of uh, remakes that are like uh, probably a no, what about Jaws? That one comes up a lot. I keep seeing seeing people bringing up a Jaws remake, and I'm like, uh. I I would be okay with it. I feel like you could do the effects better. I mean, you could probably get more of the shark in the movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's one of those ones that like I kind of like. I guess I'm just apprehensive towards remakes, and that's my problem. Where it's like, if you brought it to me and it were done, like the movie was done, and I watched it and I enjoyed it, it would have my blessing. But going into it, I'm just so apprehensive about like. I just don't know if people would do the right things in these movies to make them. I just feel like everything's so commercial and aimed towards audiences nowadays that it's not like what it needs to be. Uh, Jaws is a really tough one. I'm going to say no on that one. That's fair. Um, Let me see. I had another one here. Uh, What about House? Ooh. House is comedic genius, horror comedic genius, but uh, I can... Yeah, I think that that if... uh, if it stayed true to the point again and didn't try to get too political and be like be too much of a social commentary and be too deep and everything and just took itself ser- didn't take itself seriously and was a very light and funny movie with some good scares, I think it could be a good remake. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And the last one, uh, TV movie, The Night Stalker with uh, is it Darren McGavin? I think I'm saying his last name right. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah that's that's another one that's uh it's been a long time since we've seen any night stalker stuff so i I definitely think that uh doing that now and doing it in a a modern fashion would be good i think it would also be good to bring some spotlight to you know the the old night stalker and kind of uh you know i don't think too many people know about that you don't really see it getting brought up a lot so i definitely think that uh that that would be a cool remake um all right i have one for you how about this the lost boys i know you're not a fan of the lost boys so i mean i love the lost boys you know that but um do you feel the lost boys would uh would 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 be good to have a remake of or leave it alone uh first going back to night stalker i just want to comment on that um i'm for a remake i've kind of the same way when they remade it it was a tv it was a tv movie also it was a long time ago the budget they could bring to it now i think would be better but you know sometimes that isn't always the solution but i would be in favor of a remake for that uh the lost boys i'm a fan of the lost boys i just wouldn't say i'm on the same level as you (laughs) as a fan of the lost boys it's not it's not my personal uh favorite vampire movie it's i would say it's top three though um but i don't think you should remake that well, actually, hold on, hold on. You, your f- favorite vampire movie is Fright Night. Now you've mentioned that several times. Did you like the Fright Night remake with Colin Farrell? Uh, not particularly. No. Okay. So then, so that's why you're like, leave the Lost Boys alone. You've already been let down once. And I like Colin Farrell, but I just, I don't know. I, uh, Chris Sarandon just brought brought something to the role of Jerry. Um, yeah, I would say I would put Lost Boys at three. Number two for me is probably Near Dark. For vampire movies but i would i would leave all of those alone all right well all you listeners out there if you have any questions for us reach out to us via instagram or social media at high on horror 420 or email us at high on horror 420 at gmail.com make sure and subscribe to our newsletter if you want the most up-to-date information on this podcast and uh that was a very that was a cool puff puff ass that was a good discussion uh now it's time to get into our discussion slash review of leprechaun returns Leprechaun Returns came out in 2018 and takes the same approach as Halloween 2018 and ignored all the other films in the series. Lila Jenkins, played by Taylor Spritler, arrives in Devil's Lake, North Dakota to help a group of girls greenify an old house owned by their sorority. Lila hitches a ride with Ozzie Jones, played by Mark Holden from the original Leprechaun. He learns that Lila was Tori Redden's daughter, who was played by Jennifer Aniston in the OG, Uh, He finds out that Tori died the previous year from cancer after they were unable to get her for the movie. Ozzy gets sprayed with some green mist, and then the leprechaun, played by today's guest, Lyndon Porco, is reborn. 
He's back, he's pissed, and he wants his damn gold back. <laughs> I just said I wouldn't lay a hand on you. I never said I wasn't going to kill you. <laughs> My accent's terrible. Uh, but Leprechaun Returns is a, is a real breath of fresh air into the series, dude. Uh, you know that I gave up on uh, the series after the second one, Leprechaun 2. And then, and then you know, several years ago on St. Patrick's Day, you convinced me to watch the third film, and I, I really liked it. It is really entertaining. And then... Uh, and then they went to shit again. <laughs> they went to space, and then they went to The Hood twice, uh, and, and then in 2014, that fucking dreadful reboot, Leprechaun Origins, came out and promised to revitalize the series, but it failed like a, the bastard cash-in film that it was. Um, <laughs> I, I personally thought that the series was done after that fucking fiasco, but then Steven Katansky of The Void fame and most recently Psycho Gorman uh, used his wit to bring the Leprechaun back to life in an actual successful way that was fun like the first film. It's not as good as the first film, but it's definitely the closest. It's damn good. Uh, Lyndon Porco fucking kills it. He looks incredible, carries himself perfectly. Uh, he has the accent down pat. The humor's on point. The gore and effects are well done. I walked away from this movie spot smiling, uh, and I've watched it several times now. I don't think I've even watched Leprechaun 3 more than twice, so I have to say that, to me, this is easily the best and most important Leprechaun film that we've had since the original in 25 years. Uh, I've definitely watched Leprechaun 3 more than twice. I, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it, it's the best. The best sequel, not not including uh, Returns. I think Returns and Three are about the same for me. Um, but I, I wanted to touch on the Leprechaun in Space just real quick. Which one do you think is worse, Jason X or Leprechaun in Space? <laughs> Which is the worst space of those oh two God. movies? Space movie. They're both terrible, but I gotta say, uh, Leprechaun because there's a scene where the Leprechaun becomes like huge and, you know Toby's like fucking gigantic and everybody else is small and the cg or whatever the fucking green screen is so bad so just for that reason alone i'm gonna have to go jason x because at least jason x had a decent fucking kill but hear me out leprechaun 4 has got a lightsaber <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the last <laughs> The last time I checked, having a lightsaber didn't save a film, <laughs> especially a leprechaun movie. Um, yeah, uh, I, you, you, we, we just talked about Jason X a few episodes ago, and believe it or not, you actually have me cornered where I'm actually going to side with Jason X. You're welcome. <laughs> it's one of the few times anybody would side with Jason X for anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, um, so uh, what, what's your favorite scene from Leprechaun Returns? Give me in the middle of a hick, I do. Um, I would have to say, it's. I gotta imagine it's probably yours as well. The Ozzy death scene where he comes out of Ozzy. Spoiler alert, but I, I, I that, that's definitely my favorite kill. Yeah, I definitely agree. I like when he gets uh, when there's like fucking like twelve of them running around the room as well. It's it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that as well. Um, yeah, it had a nice updated feel. I. I wish, well, I guess we do have Ghost Ozzy, but I wish that his physical body would have played a bigger role in the movie. Um, and I think Linda Porker does a great job as a leprechaun. He still has witty lines. He's still funny as hell. Well, here's a question for you. Um, where do you think the leprechaun series goes from here? Uh, obviously, fans were satisfied with this one, so do you think... Uh are we going to see another Leprechaun several years down the line with a new person playing Leprechaun? Or do you think that uh, this one was successful enough to, that we're going to get another one with the same cast and crew and stuff? I The only way I would see the role of, of Leprechaun changing, because I think Lyndon did an amazing job, would be as if Warwick Davis came back. I know he said he's not... He turned down the role because he has kids now and he doesn't want to work... Uh, in horror as much until the kids get older but he did say at some point he would like to come back that would be the only reason i i see it changing because i think Lyndon should continue keeping the role as long as he wants to do it yeah i was gonna say that uh regardless of who picks up the film directing i think that we have our new leprechaun i think Lyndon's gonna be he's gonna have this role for a while as long as they keep making the movies i don't think that uh after what he pulls off in this movie they're gonna be in any rush to try to get a new leprechaun i think that they they have him 
I agree. And I mean, you can talk about the directed. You can even go back to uh, Warwick's movies, where a lot of those movies are not great, but Warwick is amazing in them. And I feel like it would almost be the same thing. You could have that kind of uh, maybe not as great uh, direct director-wise, and I still think that Lyndon would do an amazing job as Leprechaun. Yeah, like 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 regardless of how ludicrous or out there or, or stupid, dare I say, the story gets, as long as Lyndon brings the performance he brought in Leprechaun Returns, you'll get a good performance out of it that's humorous and it will probably sell the whole damn movie. Uh, what, what did you think about the weakness um, being iron in this movie? It didn't bother me as much, I think, because they pulled it off with like really well, with really good effects. I think uh, it, I could see like it have been a problem if the effects weren't done so well. But I thought that it worked really well. Looked the, the way that they pulled it off and the way that the effects looked. It, 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 I have no problem with it. I liked it as well, and I mean, in the original one, I mean, <laughs> the clover leaf it literally had a light shine on it. So. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't really pretend like the original was amazing, but uh, they all have their flaws. You're not going to go into any Leprechaun movie. They all have their movie. flaws, some more than others. I would say this one less so than a lot of the others. Agreed, 100. percent Like they all have their flaws. You're not going to go into this movie with everything being perfectly edited and the acting being Oscar-winning performances. You are going to be entertained though. And honestly, if you go into any movie like that, like Leprechaun or anything, looking for more. It's it's like this. Kevin uh Kevin S. Tinney's Night of the Demons, the poster, um, has Angela on it. And she's all possessed and fucked up looking. If you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you know what I'm talking about. Um, she's all fucked up looking, all possessed with sharp teeth, and she has this invitation and it says, you know, you're invited to Angela's party. And Kevin Tinney put that on the poster full blast because he said that he wanted the people, the the fans to know by the poster what they were getting into if you like the poster you're gonna like the movie if you don't like the poster you're not gonna like the movie and that's kind of how i feel about leprechaun i feel the people who watch the leprechaun movies and then like are harsh on them and criticize them are fucking idiots because like you should know what you're getting into with a leprechaun movie what leprechaun movie ever took itself seriously to the point of like asking for critical acclaim that that's fair i was gonna say the first in my head i start going well the first one took itself seriously and then two scenes pop in my head and i mean there's a whole bunch of them the one where they threw the shoes and he just can't help but go do it (laughs) where he can't help but go shine them and when he goes by on the skateboard in the original one, that one was ridiculous. I was going to say when, uh, when he's driving alongside the cop. That That's was, what gets yep, me. That was another one. <laughs> and uh, I think with that, now it's time to get on the Burn and Learn, the segment of our show where we like to fill you in on some cool trivia facts about our episode's topic. In this case, Leprechaun Returns. Oh. Hmm. Burn and Learn. All right, John, for this first burn and learn, actually, I wanted to ask you this, because in your synopsis, you had mentioned that uh, Jennifer Aniston uh, decided not to be in the movie or turn down the role. I've actually heard two things, and I'm unsure which to believe. Um, I've heard that uh, Jennifer Aniston says that she nor any of her other co-stars from Leprechaun were asked, were contacted to return. Uh, if that is true, that's false, because Mark Holton came back, um, obviously, as Ozzy. Um, but honestly, I don't see Jennifer returning to the Leprechaun series. If I'm honest, I think Jennifer's a little too bougie now to do these movies. Um, but then I also heard that uh, she was asked to reprise the role of Tori Redding and straight turned it down. And so the production reached out to Heather McDonald to imitate her voice. So which do you think is more likely? Um, I could see it being a combination of things. I mean, obviously, they were contacted to return because Mark Holden came back, like you said. Um I could see them trying to reach out to Jennifer and maybe just a manager or somebody just being like, I'm not even passing this along to her. <laughs> I mean, it, w- it was a straight two video release. And like you said, I don't see Jennifer Aniston uh, being priced in the range to do that. Um, so, I, I mean, it could be possible she turned it down. I could also, like I said, see a manager or somebody just not even passing it along because it was something they would think would be beneath her. Mm-hmm. I agree. And uh, also, Aniston did congratulate uh, director Stephen Katansky for continuing the original storyline. Yeah, and uh, the film was filmed in Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, besides Warwick Davis, Mark Holden is the only actor from the original film to be in a sequel. 
Director Steven Katansky said that for this film, he wanted a Bride of Chucky type of situation where, like Chucky, the leprechaun is hard to look at, but it is very much its own movie. Lyndon Porco, our guest, worked on the Wayne's Brother movie Little Man as the baby Calvin. I fucking love Little Man, dude. Everything the Wayans do, if I'm honest. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they've got a little, maybe went a little too far with the uh, parody movies. Like, I mean, they did a dance movie, and uh, I think they're behind the Haunted House series as well. Yeah, I, I liked both of the Haunted House movies. If I'm honest, the only Wayans Brothers movie that I don't like is White Chicks. And everybody's always like, even my wife is always like, what, you don't like White Chicks? And I'm like, no, that's the only one. Like, I, I prefer raunchy humor. I, I'm all about scary movie and, 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 and Haunted House and stuff like that. I mean, I love I love the scary movie series, too. But I mean, at least the first two, anyway, right? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I mean, I definitely uh, I do like White Chicks. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, but then again, you like Mean Girls. I mean, that's I your mean, fucking movie. That is true. I do. I do love Mean Girls. <laughs> no, I appreciate that about you. You got a little bit of like, you got a little bit of romance to you, where like you're a horror <laughs> guy, but you can see, you can kick back and watch, you know, Mean Girls and shit like oh. that, and white chicks, you know. I yeah, I guess it's romance. I don't know. I it's, think it's it's your version of romance. <laughs> <laughs> it's as romantic as you get. Oh. <sighs> <sighs> yeah pretty much but uh yeah like i said the wayne's wayne's brothers movies i i like the scary movie i didn't once they went into the dance dance movies i haven't seen the haunted house movies maybe uh maybe i'll give them a try i mean they're they're definitely not as funny as scary movie one and two but they're raunchy enough that they get under they, they get they tickle me they make me laugh for sure uh, I, I definitely, I think, you know, maybe when uh, when we're done wrapping up this episode we'll check them out we'll roll a couple more up and watch them or something uh all right um i guess now it's time to talk to our guest lyndon porco he's had roles in little man channel zero the pinkertons cult of chucky and he redefined the leprechaun character welcome lyndon porco thank you for being on high on horror thank you very much for having me appreciate it Ah uh, yes, thank you again for uh, joining us here and uh, going into Leprechaun Returns. Uh, were you a Leprechaun fan of the series before you uh, accepted the role? Um, so I actually didn't um, watch the previous Leprechauns before uh, I got the role, um, but uh, I was always kind of scared of horror as a kid. That was one thing where me and my buddies would always, um, you know, they'd always tease me about and try to get me to go to the theater and and see uh, one of the movies was Ouija. And I just remember, you know, I I was was sitting uh, at the movie theater and I would put my uh, sweater over my eyes at at a certain point because I was was just scared shitless of horror, truly. I I, I just, I would have nightmares as a kid. I just just didn't like it. It just, it it wasn't for me. But then going further with with my acting career, like, horror seems to like me and now I love horror. So, um, yeah, it's always, it's always a good time. So, so that's definitely changed for you now since you've, uh, been in a horror movie art horror is better for you now yeah definitely i can i can tell when you know there's certain things that are you know not real as well as you know uh you know blood and guts and all that stuff you know comes out i can i can see it through just my past experiences as well as being in in the industry as well um and i kind of enjoy watching it because um you know horror seems to you know come and attract to me in, in my career and I'll, I, I love it now. It, it's, it's, it's such a great genre. Um, and personally before, uh, I think it's underappreciated, especially in, in, in movies. Like I don't even think like with the Oscars, there's, there's no horror genre to give an Academy award, um, from what I can remember. So, uh, I think it, definitely hopefully one day should be in a category because it takes a, a lot of people and a lot of skill and it is something that is definitely just underappreciated uh we, yeah we, we definitely would agree with you about it being underappreciated uh for leprechaun did you do anything to prepare for the role to get in the character in any way 
Uh, yeah, so with the auditions, I actually was listening to um, an Irish podcast to try and get the accent down as best as I could. Uh, so that is something that I did um, before uh, the part in order to best, you know, get into the wall of the leprechaun. Um, I, I, I tried to listen to YouTube videos to try and figure out how they would say certain things. Um, and I sort of used that and put it into something that, you know, created the leprechaun as, as me, as well as trying to uh, stay, you know, focused on what the franchise is about. And uh, did you have a favorite kill from the movie? I know mine is where you use the dude's drone against him and uh, decapitated him. Yeah, so everybody has a different favorite kill that they that they have uh, that they like. Um, I personally think uh, each kill is so unique that it's 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 great in each of their own ways. Um, obviously, the Aussie kill was something that was just it was it was so good and, and so well done um, that that is something that always like sticks in my head. Uh, Another another one that I really enjoy was the sprinkler. The sprinkler was something that they actually reshot um, because the first time, uh, I guess, Stephen uh, kind of didn't like the way that it turned out a bit. It was still great. I remember watching it, but then they ended up reshooting it again, I believe. And I mean, thank God they did because that that was just it was it was so cool. <laughs> it was so cool to watch that back uh, when they did it. Was it was pretty awesome. Um, I remember being on set and they, uh, the guy showed me the song that was going to be played while I was, you know, shooting the sprinklers at her. And, uh, it, I was like, okay, I can get into this. This is, this is absolutely the best song for it. And yeah, it worked out great. Uh, did you have any favorite lines, uh, from the movie at all? Uh, favorite line is, um, uh, the, the golden shower one is, is pretty gold. I'm not going to lie. That one was, uh, was like, when I read that and I, I first, first said it, I was like, okay, this is, yeah, that is, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That, that's definitely a good one. Um, uh, how did you end up getting involved with, uh, cold of Chucky? Uh, well, basically, um, a casting director, uh, in Winnipeg, um, reached out and just said, Hey, they need a body double for, for Cult of Chucky, would you be interested? And I said, yeah, absolutely. What you know, whatever they need me to do. Um, didn't really know what it entitled me to do, kind of thing. But you know, going there and seeing you know what they wanted, and and just me, um, you know, being it was more like a, of a shadow and, and feet running across the floor. Um, if they use that or not, I I don't necessarily know to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to be a part of that incredible franchise um, with, with Don Mancini and and what he's done with his career and and whatnot, it was. I mean, I I I still at that point wasn't you know super involved in the horror community and and didn't really truthfully understand what you know Shucky means and what it did does for horror. Um, so just being a part of that and looking back on it now, and like truly thankful for that. That was, uh, you know, definitely a part of me that I'm, you know, just like, wow, just thinking back on it for sure. And, and now being involved in both of those franchises, if it came to a fight, who do you think would win between Leprechaun and Chucky? Hmm. See, I know that that is something that I personally want to see. I think that would be awesome, but I also want to see them team up. I think them teaming up and like taking on the world uh, would be amazing. Um, so who would win? Uh, I think Leprechaun would win with, uh, with his magic, but I also think that Chucky would be so sneaky and just attack with so many different ways that it would be hard for the leprechaun to, you know, figure out what to do with Chucky. 
Well, uh, I, I fucking love Leprechaun's Returns, man. Uh, I think you did such an amazing job as a Leprechaun. Um, I know Steven, uh, Steven Katansky said that uh, you absolutely killed your audition, and he said that you were fun and sinister, bright and energetic, and that you embodied his new version of the character, and, and we completely agree. Um, but you said that you were scared of horror, so you, like, you came at this without drawing any inspiration from Warwick Davis? Because that's really impressive if you just did that on your own. Uh, well... First, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I I didn't I didn't watch any of the Leprechauns um, growing up. Like I said, I was truthfully scared shitless of horror, so uh, I wasn't you know wanting to, to see any of that growing up. Um, I did end up uh, when we were actually down in South Africa about to film. Uh, watch the first Leprechaun in order to make sure that I was fresh on, you know, a sequel to to it, as well as understand what Warwick Davis did with Leprechaun as well. Um, I also, but personally, what I drew from the Leprechaun when I first read the audition and, and knowing about it, obviously, because it is the Leprechaun, um, I drew from it uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Uh, that's who I kind of based it off of in the sense of having that free-spirited, wanting to kill, doesn't matter who you are, this is, this is me, now you're going to die. Well, um, uh, you looked fantastic. Uh, the makeup uh, looked amazing. Uh, how was that makeup process? Did it take long? Was it grueling? Um, it, it, so the first time they did it, it took seven hours. We actually filmed, so the first time they did it, we filmed the trailer um, of of Leprechaun Returns, and so that was the first time putting it on me. So it took seven hours. It, it, so every every two hours to three hours, I think it was. You know, I would get out of the chair, go for a walk, and you know, see myself, yeah, you know, transform into the Leprechaun. Uh, piece by piece um but then they ended up getting down to three hours but i mean truthfully putting on that makeup was looking back on it on it was a complete breeze um it, it was so smooth it was so much fun being in the chair with them uh they were absolutely fantastic uh they they treated me like gold um and it was just an overall just a great experiences and I, I miss being in the chair with them it was it was it was awesome Oh uh, yeah, like I said, you looked amazing, and uh, the the effects in that movie just in general looked amazing. Um, the scene where uh you know you kill Ozzy, um, that was filmed in two ways. One uh where it was a prop body of Ozzy and you in the stomach, and then the other with the uh with Ozzy, um, and like a, a fake you. Um, so did you guys actually get to like work together during that kill? Like, were you on set together, or was that filmed like two different days? Uh, no, we were on set together that day. I think that was the, that was the first day, that was the first day of filming, actually, um, where they did that. So we, we were in the same, um, uh, you know, tent or whatever it was. Uh, so we got to, got to talk a bit and, and just, you know, get to know each other even, even more than we already did uh, previous. Uh, but no, it was, it was great to, you know, talk to him and, and work with him. Um, and to see what he did with, with the, his, his death and, and, and my kill, it was, it was awesome to, you know, be there and, and watch the playback and, and to, uh, you know, see it all come together. It was, it was really an intense, uh, process of, of what actually happened on, on the first day. And, and that's when I kind of realized that, uh, you know, this is going to be something really special. Um, and, and from that moment on, I was like, okay, like this is, this is game time. Um, let's go and let's just keep going until we can't go no more. So, um, so much fun that day as well as every other day after that as well. But that day was something that I, that I will always remember. Um, and it was so cool because what they did was they dug a hole in the ground and then they put his a fake body on on top and i would i was i was in there and they what they tried to do was actually have me like actually pop out but it, the hole wasn't necessarily deep enough for me to do that so i just kind of crouched 
and then I jumped up and popped out to make it more um, of like a, basically a pop uh, of me coming out of the stomach. So um, I think it turned out great. Uh, then they had the uh, the fake intestines and they had all the blood and all that stuff. So um, and I loved it that Stephen was was right there in it. You know, hands covered in blood, you know, putting stuff on, making sure it looked good. Um, uh, so yeah, that, that was, uh, that was also amazing to me to just see the director, you know, be so hands-on and involved in that process. Um, it, it was awesome. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, Steven Katansky. I just saw, uh, Psycho Gorman. I thought it was amazing. I think he's a very good director and I, I, yeah, I saw he does makeup effects and stuff. So that is good to have a director that, you know, will, uh, get his hands dirty and stuff. Someone that's yeah. not too, you know, bougie to get from behind the camera. I, I definitely appreciate that as well. But, uh, so Mark Holton, he's played Ozzy for about like, I mean, well, he hasn't consistently played the part, but he's played Ozzy for 25 years. And you, you know, step into the role of the leprechaun and you get to kill that character off after 25 years. How does that feel? Um, yeah, you know, uh, not really thinking too much of it at the time uh, and still not thinking too much of it um, until you, until you ask the question. I mean, I think that was always his goal is to just kill that motherfucker. Just <laughs> want him to die. All right. Just can you just die already basically is what, you know, Leprechaun is thinking, why are you still alive? And then I get to do it in a pretty spectacular fashion. Um, so that, uh, yeah, it, def it definitely feels good. Obviously I don't want to kill Mark Colton cause he's amazing, but <laughs> you know, to kill Ozzy, I mean, yeah, that, that as in itself was just, uh, you know, it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I can't really think of a better way for him to go out. You know, I definitely think that was a fitting ending. I mean, he went out in brutal fashion, but it was it was also very funny and gory. So mm -hmm. he went out. I think he went out, but he went out on top. You know. Um, yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. Um, I uh, I met you at uh, New Jersey Horror Con, and uh, if I recall correctly, that was your first con appearance. Uh, did you find that the fans embrace you as the new Leprechaun, and do you plan to do more conventions in the future now that like the COVID restrictions are being lifted? Yeah, that that was my my first horrorcon. Um, you know, that was also something that that was was amazing to me, and to see all these people come together and you know embrace you know horror music, you know all all these uh, you know WWE like all, all these all these things coming into one, and you know just having a just a big celebration and party and and to enjoy each other's company and and whatnot that was that was awesome and and it was so heartwarming i was not expecting you know too many people to come to my table and you know come say hi or you know want an autograph or all that stuff like that so when when people came came in and 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 wanted that i that that was uh you know that's something that's just that's it's very nice and, and heartwarming um, to me, and I can't thank uh, the fans enough for um, you know accepting me as, as the leprechaun because I know that it's uh, that it's hard to see Warwick Davis not in in that role because he did it for so long and was so great at it. Um, but for for the fans to accept me, um, I just all I can say is thank you. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that it's it's really hard to believe for me, especially, and a lot of people that you didn't draw draw uh, inspiration from him because you did such a good job that it's like fans of the original film embrace you. So I I mean that's what I've seen online. So that's why I had to ask that question. Yeah. You definitely killed it. Um, but uh, we just talked Thanks. to Fuzz on the lens, and uh, they talked to us about their upcoming film Stream, and I saw that you were in that. Uh, the movie sounds like it's going to be batshit crazy. Uh, what's your part in it, and what can you tell us about it? Uh, not sure I can talk too much about it, um, in the sense, uh, of, you know, what, uh, we're going to be doing and, and, and whatnot. Um, but I'm, I'm super looking forward to working with them. Uh, they actually, we actually met at the New Jersey Horror Con as well and, uh, came up to me and, and said, Hey, you know, we want, would like you to, know be in this film um they they, they wrote it already actually um 
beforehand and they said no we still want you to have a, a part in this and so i think they did a bit of rewrites um to to put me in it so um yeah looking forward to that as well uh so i mean it that that to me again it was like wait you want me to be in a film and we just met what 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 do what you what do you we talking about like, hey, what's going what's going on here I, I don't understand but that just goes to show what type of people they are and 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 you know the the connection that we had uh just by our first interaction uh it, it was something special and i think that we'll we'll both carry it on for uh you know our entire careers and keep in touch and and whatnot so uh definitely looking forward to that and, and can't wait for it Okay, well, uh, well, one thing that they did tell us that you wouldn't be spoiling by telling us is that they told us that everything was like filmed through like computer cameras and that it was all like done through uh, everybody being like recorded from their camera because of like COVID. So I guess my question to you would just be, did you find that difficult, like acting through your computer? So I haven't actually filmed it yet. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so uh, understood. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, uh, what's the uh, well? What's the hardest uh, stunt or role you know that you've done so far? You know, worst experience on set. You don't have to name drop anybody, but have you had any worse, like bad experiences or anything on set? Uh, I think if you know if somebody says that they haven't had a bad experience on set, I would say that they're probably lying. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's something that I I personally you know don't uh don't want to talk about personally as well as won't talk about because that's between me and them uh and uh it's something that you know it's i i don't hold hold a grudge i don't hold anything it's sort of like a spur of the moment thing if something comes up you know i like to i like to personally talk about it um and see if we can resolve the issue rather than you know involving other you know parties and, and whatnot because i think that connection you know builds builds character as well as you know builds builds a relationship um so uh yeah no i but like personally no significant um huge uh bad experience that would you know want me to go and, and say something um bad about you know anything uh, production wise as well as you know, actor wise or you know all that stuff it's just you know it's a situation it happened you know we talk about it we let it go and that's kind of just how i live my life as well like you know you know you talk to anybody you talk to a friend you talk to a family member you know you get into an argument you try and solve the problem if you can't solve the problem you wait a couple of days and you try and you, then you both you know hopefully come to a mutual agreement of saying hey sorry i was wrong sorry i was wrong all right Let's move on. Yep, yep. All right, we're good. All right, let's continue life. Well, we appreciate you, dude. You're a very classy guy. Uh, that that was a very good answer to that question. Thank you. Uh, well, what can we expect to see from you in the future? Uh, any new projects coming up other than stream? Um, I'm currently working on a project that I can't say uh, right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, keep you know, keep following me or uh, keep up to date. And uh, when I can let you know about my future projects, I will definitely uh, let you know. And uh, where, where can people follow you to uh, keep up to date with uh, your projects? Uh, so it's uh, Lyndon Porco on Instagram, Lyndon Porco, Porco on Twitter, um, Lyndon Porco on uh, TikTok, uh, Lyndon Porco on Facebook, uh, just any, uh, sorry, the real Lyndon Porco on Facebook. Um, and that is pretty much the platforms that I'm on. Uh, we definitely appreciate you joining us today. Uh, you did a great job and the leprechaun returns and, uh, we look forward to talking to you in the future. Sounds great. Can't wait for it. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks. You as well. Thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks again to Lyndon Porco. Lyndon's done such a great job just embodying the role of the Leprechaun, and I do hope we see him in future installments. I also agree with him that we need a Chucky and Lep buddy movie. And uh, tune in next week when we speak with... Well, actually, I Drew, <laughs> you, you didn't give me that for my notes. Who are we talking to? Uh, well... Speaking of uh, Return of the Living Dead, which uh, 
turned 36 this on today, as we had spoken about. Mm-hmm. I have Freddy from Return of the Living Dead with us next week. Freddy, I mean, Fre- Fre- Freddy to you, but to me, that's Tommy fucking Jarvis. It's Tommy Jarvis as well, correct? That's Tom fucking Matthews. We have Tom Matthews next week. Hell, we're getting another one for Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Fuck yeah. Well, make sure to tune in next week where we speak with Tom Matthews. And follow us online on Facebook and Instagram at High on Horror 420 and on Twitter at High underscore Hard. You can also reach us via email at High on Horror 420 at gmail.com. That'll about wrap her up. Catch you later. Bye, guys. <laughs>